So 1 Samuel chapter 17. And we're going to start reading about verse 32. This is the story of David and when he faced Goliath. But there's a specific part that kind of stuck with me whenever I thought of this yesterday. So you read with us. 1 Samuel 17 verse 32. And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him, and smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard, and smote him, and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion, and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. And Saul armed David with his armor, and he put a helmet of brass upon his head. Also he armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon his armor, and he essayed to go, for he had not proved it. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And David put them off. And this is the part I wanted to get to, verse 40. And he took his staff in his hand, and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook, and put them in the shepherd's bag which he had, even the script. And his sling was in his hand, and he drew near unto the Philistine. And that's where I'll stop reading right there. You know this story very well. And if we had a thought or a text, it's in verse 40. Three words, five smooth stones. I've heard this preached before, but I've never thought of it the way the Lord revealed it to me yesterday and last night. And just to give you a little background on this scripture, the army of Israel and the army of the Philistines was in the battle. And they were one on one mountain and one on the other, and they were going to meet in the valley of Elah and go to battle. And Saul had been rejected as being the king of Israel by God. And he was afraid. David's brothers were there. Three of his elder brothers were there. And they were afraid. They had never seen a giant like that this man Goliath was. They were scared of what might happen to them if they went into battle and fought this man. And I believe the scripture even says in one place that their knees smote one against another. They were so frightened. And when David came, he left his sheep with a keeper and came to see how the battle was and how his brothers fired. And he heard the words of this man Goliath and how he defied the armies of Israel. And something inside of David rose up and he said, I Don't let no man's heart fail thee. I'll go and I'll face this giant. And God will deliver him into my hands. And the words were rehearsed before Saul. And Saul called for David. And David repeated the words. And Saul looked at what Goliath was. 
and what David looked like. And I've no doubt he thought in his mind that will never do. This man will destroy this little old boy, this mighty man of war, this champion that has never been defeated will we'll surely just wipe off anybody that we would send out there. And he looked at David, just a little old shepherd boy. He was nothing to look at. He had nothing that would make you think that he could win victory. But I'm here to tell you today, it's not what you look like on the outside. It's what you've got on the inside that makes all the difference. And so we read here, I read in your hearing, where Saul took his armor, his, his coat of mail, and his shield, and his brass helmet, and he gave it to David, and his sword, and I'm sure that it swallowed the little old lad whole. He probably couldn't even move in it. Now listen, I, I've heard preachers that I would love to be able to preach like that I would love to be able to be as deep in the Scriptures as they are. But the Lord gave me a way of delivery that's a little bit different than other people that I know of. So I just have to preach the way the Lord gives it to me. And they'll have to preach the way the Lord reveals it to them. And so David told Goliath he couldn't go with that armor because he hadn't proved it. David had never fought in Saul's armor. He had never won the first battle in Saul's armor. But he had faced a lion. He had faced a bear. Oh, and all the times that he was there, he took the little slug and he slugged the stone and he slew the lion and he slew the bear and he knew that God had been with him through the battles and he knew God would be with him again. This is just one more battle. This is just one more enemy. This is just one more tool of Satan that we're having to face right now. But hold on, little David. We'll have victory one day after a while. All right. And so we get to the scripture, verse 40, where it says David went down and picked him out five smooth stones out of the book. Preacher, why five? I can't tell you why it was five. It could have been three, could have been seven, but the scripture says that it was five. But I do believe this. If he had picked another other than the one that he used, it would work just as well. I want to remind you of some scripture that I shared with you here just a couple of weeks ago from Esther. It talks about how Esther was made the queen instead of Vashti and the king. And the only way that you could approach the king was for him to reach out the golden scepter and recognize you. And, and Israel was threatened. And, and uh, Mordecai, Esther's uncle, went to her and said this. He said, who knows where thou art come to a kingdom for a time like this? And if thou wilt, thou can help bring deliverance to Israel. But if not, God will come some other way. If the little stone that David picked out wouldn't work, there was four others to take its place. God don't need me. I need him. All right. Five smooth stones. Let's start with where they came from. They came out of the brook, didn't they? Down in the water. I don't know how they got there. Maybe they were on top of the mountain. A little earthquake came or someone came along and kicked a little bit. And the stone started rolling and it went down and down and down the hill until it rolled right on into the brook. Someone may have picked up that stone and they may have hurled it 
and it may have landed in the brook. I don't know how the stone got there, but it got there. I don't know how you came to Jesus. I don't know how you wound up at Dutch Bottoms. But I do know this. If you made it to the water, get over here. Oh, shit, are you here this morning? God's working. Why don't you? You're on the edge. I know you've teetered. I know God has knocked at your heart. Why hesitate? Why wait any longer? In the parking lot at Dutch Bottoms this morning, you can get on it. You can be saved if you call on the name of the Lord. All right. It don't matter how you got down in the brook. All that matters is that you're in the water. How about it? Would you like to call on the Lord? Would you like to ask Him to save you this morning? The stones, when they first landed in the brook, they may have had some jagged edges. They may have been kind of rough. Now let's face facts, folks. Some of us were too. We weren't perfect. We were sinners. We didn't have a, a ticket to heaven. We were on our way to hell. And if we got what we deserved, that's where we'd be right now. But the Lord had mercy on you and me and saved our souls through His marvelous grace. And I'm glad in 2020 that He still saves if He'll call on His day. Oh, some of us had some rough edges. Might have been through some anger. Might have been through bitterness. Might have been through pain. Might have been through a trial or a tribulation we had gone through that caused our edges to be jagged, to be torn, to be ripped, to be so sharp that, a, that it could cut someone to the heart if they touched us on that jagged place. Oh, but we made it to the brook. And you know what's in the brook? The water. You know where the water comes from? Over in Revelation chapter 22, verse 1, John said, He showed me a pure river of water of life flowing from the throne of God. Yes, if you see me in this flesh, there are times that this is jagged, but when the water flows from the throne and it flows, I wouldn't always this way. I've developed some patience. I've developed some... So, some love in my heart. The, the water that flows from the throne has changed me. It's worn away by jagged edges and made me a weapon that the Lord can use. You may have me here with some hurt, with in agony. You may be here in trouble. Let the water wash your jagged edges away and make you smooth so that you can be a weapon for the Lord. Well, preacher, they said we came out of church. Well, preacher, they're demonstrating that if they come this way, I'll break my gun for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're spiritual to the tearing down of strongholds. And I believe the Old Testament says, no weapon formed against us shall prosper if you want to fight. This is not the stance. If you want to fight, fall to your knees. Get God's Word. Bow your head up on your heart and call out to Him. And you'll have victory. This is the stance of a real warrior for the Lord. All right. No telling where we were. Till we made it down into the brook. No telling what kind of sharp edges 
Have you ever felt somebody's rough edges? You speak to them and they have bitterness, bitter words. You speak to them and they're hurting on the inside, so that's all they can show on the outside. That rough edges. We can read about that in God's Word. We read where Joseph, when he was over all that Pharaoh had in Egypt and his brothers approached him, he spoke to them in rough words. We read where Jeroboam, whenever he spoke to the children of Israel, he spoke to them in rough words. You may have heard a few rough words in your time, but I'm here to tell you, if you'll get under that flow that comes from the throne of God, that river, it'll change you. It'll shape you. The things you thought were important won't be anymore. And the things that you once hated, as Paul said, you'll love because you'll be shaped and molded in such a way that you can can be a weapon the Lord can use. He picked up five smooth stones. And I want you to notice he did the picking. The stones didn't volunteer. The stones didn't say I'll go. The stones didn't say take me. David chose each one, one by one. Oh, and when it came time, and I'm not going to go all through it, there's more in this than I'll ever preach out. I know where I'm going to end up at. But when it came time, and Goliath bellowed, and he hollered, he's been hollering, hasn't he? A champion that had never been defeated. He had conquered everything he'd ever faced. We're facing that champion. This virus is something that is just wiping people out. I believe it said we reached over 100,000 deaths just this week in the United States alone. Strikes a little fear in your heart, don't it? But don't be afraid, as Faye taught yesterday. Trust in the Lord with all thy heart. Lead not to thy own understanding. In all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. We're facing one of, one of those giants. But all it takes is one smooth stone directed by God's own hand. You say, well, David took that sling and he slung that stone. You think the stone would have any, any input whatsoever into which way it went? It took God's direction. Goliath had a helmet of brass. Told how much it weighed in the Bible. He had a chain mail. He had a, he had a breastplate. He had a man with a shield in front of him to help him to defend himself. He was a mighty man, stood head and shoulders above everybody. But God knew where his weak spot was. God knows where the weak spot is. And one stone directed by the good Lord will help take down a mighty giant. Whatever the giant is that your face said, let God direct the stone and you be a stone that he can use. Oh, 
going to be one that's got the edges smoothed out. Have you ever been down to the lake and took a stone? If it's one with it's got many different sides to it and it's got sharp edges on it, you throw it out there and it'll go plunk and it'll go straight to the bottom. But you pick your one up, it's kind of flat and smooth, and you slag it and it'll skip three or four times before it ever stops to sink. That's because it's smooth. It don't have anything to keep it to cause friction on it. We need to let the water that flows from the throne of God smooth our lives out till we can be one that can be chosen to work for the Lord. Well, preacher, I'll never be a minister. I'll never be a Sunday school teacher. God's got a purpose for your life and He knows which battle you can help bring victory to. Oh, five smooth stones. Now I've heard people give attributes to each one of those stones, say that it was this and it was that. The way the Lord showed it to me, they were interchangeable. Five smooth stones. They had been weathered. They had been tried. They had been in the brook. The water had molded and shaped it and smoothed their lives out for years. May have been Jim Stump, might have been one of their names. Might have been Doug Self, would have been one of them. Different ones we can name. Different saints that's gone on. Jay Lewis, Bonnie, Sharon, different ones that's passed from right here in Dutch bottoms, but they let their light so shine among men that they can see their good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven. Lord, help my life to be smooth enough that you can use me to help win a victory. David stood to face Goliath, and Goliath still bailing. He had no idea David already had the victory in his bag. The victory was that one little smooth stone David was going to choose. I don't know which one he chose out of the five, but he reached in, he got one, and while Goliath was bellering that he was going to feed his hide and his carcass to the fowls of the iron of the beast of the field, the victory was already at David's hand. The victory is already in our hand if we'll trust the Lord and call on Him. And as they approached one another, David wound up and released the stone. And God directed it right to Goliath's weak spot. You all know what happened. It stunned Goliath. He fell. And David rushed him and took Goliath's old sword and cut his head off. His body was taken by the Philistines. David took Goliath's head and stuck it on a spear and stuck it in the ground in Jerusalem for all to see. But he kept Goliath's armor 
and put it in his tent. I wonder when, when David had some days and he was down, when Absalom died and his heart was broken, I wonder if David looked over in the corner of his tent and thought of that little old smooth stone God had given him. I wonder if David looked over at Goliath's armor and thought of the great victory God had given him. Listen, we're not always on the mountaintop. We'll face We'll face trials. We'll face trouble. We'll face tribulation. We're here now instead of being in the building. But thanks be to God, we can look back at victory that we had along last way and, and remember a time that God was with us. He's not left us. He's not forsaken us. I believe we've had one of the best services we've had in months at Dutch Bottom this morning. Because the power of God has been in this parking lot. I'm here to tell you today, He's still with us. He'll be with us next Sunday. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He'll go with us all the way, even to the end of the world. And I'm going farther than that. I'm going to live with Him one day after a while. Oh. Well, preacher, people don't know my name. There was a little maid, and we never did learn her name. But she helped a man be healed. Remember him, Naaman? We never did know that little girl's name, but she helped Naaman get rid of the leprosy. There was a little lad. We never did know his name. But he had five loaves and two fishes. And he fed 5,000 because Jesus put his hands on it and blessed him. We never did know his name. But I'm here to tell you today, the little maid, the little lad, it was irrelevant what their name was. The fact is, they had been to the brook. They had been to the fountain. They had been washed. The water that flowed from the throne of God had shaped them and smoothed them until they were a servant that were ready to be used. You may be here and be five years old. I'm telling you, the Lord can wash you. You may be here and be 10, 11, 12, and you may think that you have a very a very limited role at Dutch Bottoms. Let me tell you something. Your testimony be just as much to this church as my preaching does this morning. I'm here to tell you today, you can make a great big difference if you'll let the Lord use you. Well, preacher, I have sat back for years. I've not said much. Stand up. Be counted. Tell people you've been washed. Tell people that you love the Lord and it's been good to you long last way. I noticed as Bobby and them sung the song this morning. Oh, thank you, Lord. And people begin to worship. People got out of their cars. They begin to raise their hands. They begin to shout. You didn't see as we had shouting in the parking lot this morning. And it's welcome. Woo! And Dutch Bottoms, thank God that it's still People begin to worship. I just want to thank you, Lord. Oh, And everybody in the parking lot this morning, I'm about done. Everybody in the parking lot would agree, wouldn't you? That God's been good to you. We need to give that opinion voice. We need to tell people 
in how we live and the words that come out of our mouth and how we treat one another that God is good. Our lives need to be smooth. And if we have any jagged edges, we need to let the water flow over them. And over and over and over. Well, how's that work, preacher? Well, I'm going to tell you and then I'm going to hush. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 5. It talks about husbands love your wives, but it goes on down there in the next few verses and it says this, that he'll present the church without spot or wrinkle through the washing of the water of the word. Take that word. Let the water that flows. Preacher, now we don't go go to the water fountain. No, we're not. But the water that flows from the throne of God can wash your sins away. The blood flowed from Calvary can wash your sins away. I'm here to tell you today, we need to let the water flow. A lot of churches, and if we're not careful, I'm not being critical of other churches. I'm going to preach you to Dutch Bottoms right here this morning for a few minutes. And it's partially my fault. I'll take my part in it. But this was a different setup, a different situation, a different setup with a Facebook that we've been doing. Oh, and we've stopped the water up. We've dabbed it up. We need to let the water flow. Where's it going to flow, preacher? You've got a well of water springing up into you until eternal life. Let it flow. Let it come out. Let it run down your cheeks. Let it run down your hands and raise them. And thank God that you're able to shed a few tears in rejoice. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Now, how are you? Are you a stone that's smooth that if God needed one to pick up to win a victory, He'd choose you? Or is your life jagged? Is it rough? Did you bring hurt with you to this parking lot this morning? Did you bring anger this morning? Did you bring bitterness? Did you bring heartache? John sings this song. I believe I've heard him sing it. If the world from you withholds all its silver and its gold, and your body bends beneath the weight of care, remember in his word how he feeds the little bird. Take your troubles to the Lord. And leave it there. Are you like me? I've taken them to the Lord. And then I picked them back up and took them back to my seat. That won't work, folks. If you want your life to be smooth. If you want your heart to have peace. If you want to have joy in your life. You're going to have to be washed with the water of the word. You're going to have to be washed in the blood. You're going to have to be in the brook. You're going to have to be shaped and molded in such a way that the Lord can use you. Now listen. Let me say this. He will only use a clean vessel. I, and I've used this analogy before. If I invited you over for dinner and I brought out a plate that had food stains all over it for you to eat on, you'd have second thoughts, wouldn't you? How do you think the Lord feels when he looks at our vessels? When he looks at our plate and it's got bitterness on it. When he looks at our plate and it's got a grudge on it that we're holding against someone else. 
when he looks at our plate and it's blackened with sin, how do you think the Lord feels? He's not going to use a vessel that's not clean. And if it's not clean, it's rough and it needs some washing. The only way to fix that dirty plate I would set before you would be to take it to the sink to get something that would scrub and to run water over it and scrub and scrub and scrub until it was clean. I'm here to tell you today, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of cleaning up. There's nothing wrong with saying, Lord, it was me. I'm sorry. Forgive me. Lord, help me to be smooth that you can use me in such a way to bring victory. Do you want to be one of the five smooth stones? Do you want to help break a life to his knees? Do you want to break victory for the Lord? Are you satisfied, cutting, and hurting those around you with your rough edges? Why don't you make your way out to the stream? Get in and be clean. Be smoothed out. Talks about the qualifications for a preacher in this book. One of them is not a novice, less being lifted up. Folks, smoothing is a process. I've heard people talk, some sinner come and be saved and them look a little rough and people think that they are to be changed immediately. Just right then. They are to go and change their outward appearance and things like that. Smoothing is a process. It takes a lot of water to flow over that stone. It takes a long time for that stone to be molded and to be shaped into what the Lord wants it to be. Oh, and I thought of this too. The Bible don't say this. This is just conjecture on my part. But I wonder if the five stones that David chose weren't white. Why would you say that, preacher? Because Revelation says, To he that overcometh, he will give a little white stone. And in that white stone, a new name that's never been written. One that only he that giveth, and he receiveth it no. Help my stone, Lord, to be so smooth. Now remember Nehemiah, when they rebuilt the wall over there in Jerusalem after he'd been burned down? History tells me and you that those stones that they put into that wall were so tight, they didn't even need any mortar. They were so close together and stuck together, so close. Dutch bottoms, we face some adversity. We're not in the building, but let's stay close. We don't need anything to hold us together. We've already got the love of God. That's all we need. Let's stay close. Let's love one another. It was evident in your testimonies this morning. And I'm telling you today, let's stay together, love together, live together, and we'll be in heaven one day after a while rejoicing together around the throne of God. Five smooth stones. You better be ready. David only needed one, but there was four more ready to go. 201. In the Red Book, there's a great day coming, a great day coming, there's a great day coming, by and by, 
When the saints and the sinners shall be parted right and left, are you ready for that day to come? Then the chorus says, are you ready? How about it? Now listen, could be today, could be tomorrow, could be 20 years from now, I don't know. But I do know this, there's a battle going on and the Lord needs some smooth stones to help bring victory. You could bring victory today. Don't sit back. Don't hold on to stuff you should have let go of a long time ago. Let go of that stuff. Give it to the Lord. Smooth those rough edges out so that you can be a soldier, so that you can be a weapon the Lord can use. How's your life today, folks? If you need to pray, I'll be glad to pray with you. Appreciate the singing. Appreciate the testimonies. Appreciate the good spirit of God. I believe it's the best service we've had since we've been out here. I'm looking forward to next Sunday. I want to rejoice in that building, don't you? I'm ready. We may not be able to hug each other's neck and shake each other's hands, but we can lift holy hands and we can say thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. Appreciate everybody that's come out today.